Hello and welcome to the Veg Grower Podcast. My name is Richard and I am trying to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. And this year we are trying to use Grow Your Own to beat the cost of living crisis. Now I've got to say that this week Roxy and I have walked down the allotment every night. Just done a bit of watering, a bit of weeding. We're not down on the allotment for long, only 20 minutes, half hour every night. But it really does make a difference. And if you do have an allotment, I think that little and often it really does help keep on top of the tasks. And not just an allotment, if you've got a back garden as well, or a big garden, just attacking it every night, just 20 minutes, half hour, makes a big difference. Now today is Friday the 22nd of April and today I have had the day off work. It was an unplanned day off work if I'm honest. Yesterday I just realised there was very little work for me so I asked to take the day off. I've got next week off as well so it just seemed to fit quite nicely and save me being bored at work. Now earlier today I did pop down to the allotment and what I did is I took some of our garden chairs down there just to get those in place and ready for tomorrow and also took our strimmer and lawnmower which are both battery powered. They're gonna, they've down the allotment so that we can use those tomorrow and get just a bit of grass areas strimmed and cut again something that I'm always seeming to do something I quite enjoy doing as well. I've really just done this today to make my life a bit easier for tomorrow. After that I did come home and I did a bit more work in our garden at home. A bit more weeding, a bit more watering, all the usual sort of thing. But what I've also really focused on today is I've pricked out quite a few of our seedlings. This pricking out is a um, process where we take our young seedlings that have just germinated and I pop them into plug plants to grow on and then as they grow bigger and bigger we pop them up bigger and bigger. So I've put those out, quite a few seedlings. They were various tomatoes, chilies, peppers, um, just a collection of plants. But that also freed up my pots that I sow seeds into. And I used those to sow some more seeds. So we have sown cabbages, basil, peas, French beans, pumpkins, squash, courgettes. Quite a collection of seeds that have now been sown. And these have gone into my greenhouse at home. Now my greenhouse at home is getting pretty full. It's got to be said. Everything is starting to come together quite nicely. It's looking rather rather like there's a lot of... Um, a lot of plants in there to say the least, but which is exactly what we want at this time of year. I have had to water the greenhouse every day. It's been quite warm this week, so watering the greenhouse is a must. And again, it pays off. I like to water my greenhouse in the morning so it gets a good drink early on in the morning and doesn't have this dampness lying around. The greenhouse has also had a bit more of a tidy up today, a bit of a shuffle around, just trying to maximise the amount of space I've got. It's still, I feel, just a little bit too early to start getting some of my crops outside, but that's something we will probably start doing, I think, next week. Now earlier today I did pop to a shop and I brought myself Gardener's World magazine. This is a magazine that we only buy really once a year but that's because each year they do a little card that gives us two for one entry in certain gardens. And I do like going around and having a look at some of these gardens. But what I thought I'd do, I'd just go through the booklet that comes with it and go through and see if there's any gardens that I would really like to visit this year.
Once a year, I buy the Garner's World magazine. Now, it's actually a good magazine, and I don't not buy it any other time for any other reason other than the fact that I have limited time to read these magazines, and my basis is solely on fruit and veg growing, so I tend to buy the magazines dedicated to that. But Garner's World magazine is still a pretty good magazine. This year, it's cost me £7.50 to buy, and with that, we obviously we get the magazine as you would expect. We've also got a few seeds, including basil and zinnia and parsley and lettuce, that we will probably be growing at some point as well. But the main reason that I buy this magazine this year is because it has an extra little book and a card that gives us two-for-one entry in a collection of gardens. Now, this is a a card that we can use several times over. It's not a one-time offer. I've used it myself to go and visit gardens, either with my wife or with Lee or other friends, or my wife's used it to go on days out with some of her work colleagues as well, and they've just used that two-for-one entry to go and have a look. But what we really want to find out is, is there any real gardens in here that I want to go and have a look at? I'm always fascinated to see just what gardens are out there. The one thing I do know is that it's not worth visiting gardens if you're looking for fruit and veg until sort of June time anyway. But what have we got? Now this one, the Cottage Garden at New Forest Lavender. And that's near Salisbury from what I read on the address. Set amongst a selection of small trees and fine shrubs and romantic cottage-style borders overflowing with colour. Roses and perennials mingle with annuals, dahlias, ornamental grasses, late spring bulbs and many other exuberant plants, including less familiar choices. Relax by the lily pond as you may spot dragonflies. So that sounds rather nice and peaceful, doesn't it? And uh, I think that'll be one we might go and visit. Um, I'm going to move on to the southeast area because there's no... Oh, hang on. Still, this is the southwest and there's one near Cannington in Somerset, near Bridgewater. The Walled Gardens of Cannington discover a blend of contemporary and classic styles with a 75-metre long hot border Victorian-style fernery, vibrant subtropical walk, blue garden, dry garden and much more. The botanical glasshouse is full of endangered and rare plants from tropical, arid and Mediterranean regions throughout the garden. Plants from around the world and creatively combined to provide beauty and interest at every turn. Now, that one sounds quite interesting to me, especially as it is a walled garden. Usually, if there's a walled garden, it means there's going to be a lot of veg plants. So that's definitely one that I would like to go and visit. Moving on to the southeast section, which obviously I am in the southeast. So that's probably going to be more of the gardens that I can visit a lot easier. Uh, Arundel Castle Gardens. Now, Arundel Castle is a customer of mine, so I visit those gardens quite often and get to have a look around behind the scenes. So probably not going to visit that on this card unless we decide to go there. Uh, Aldley End House and Gardens in Saffron Walden. I've been there before. It's probably one of my most favourite gardens now. I haven't been there for a while. I believe we've got a show going on there at later on in the year, so I might be going for that. Uh, but... 
that is definitely one that I really liked the vegetable gardens there. The walled kitchen garden had a wide range of vegetables and fruits, herb and flowers, and even the remains of the old heating system in the peach houses or the hot houses, which were really fascinating to go and see. Uh, what other places have we got that are near me that are worth going? Uh, we've got Demons Garden, which is actually quite close to me. And I, it's one that I've never visited, despite being on my doorstep. The former home of late John Brooks, one of the most influential garden designers of his generation. This is a contemporary country garden full of creativity, unusual plantings and peaceful beauty. Its curvilinear layout incorporates two dry riverbeds, gravel gardens, a wall garden, pond and conservatory, plants from around the world provide interest in every season renovations are ongoing so the fact that it's got a wall garden again i normally find that suggests it has a rather nice vegetable garden uh what else have we got in the the, the southeast uh, probably quite a few q gardens been there before that really needs a couple of days to go and visit properly when I went, I went about this time three, four years ago, and I can say there was not much in the vegetable gardens to go and see. It was just slightly too early. I think if I was going to go see that, I'd probably wait till June, July time. And I think we will probably go and make a definite visit for that one. Hurstman Sioux Castle, that's another one I want to go and visit. And that's another one that's used to be a customer of mine. So I've actually been there. I know where it is. But unfortunately, when I'm working, as like Arundel Castle, it's not so easy to go and actually see the gardens, despite it being an, in, an interest of mine, because I'm there to work. But I do have a lot of things just when I'm sat in the van looking over or having my lunch, I get to see a few bits and pieces. So let's keep moving forward and see. Oh, Polesden Lacely near Dorkin. Uh, that National Trust place, if I remember correctly. These Awardian gardens are true delight all year round. Seasonal highlights include a walled rose garden, spectacular wisteria, colourful double herbaceous borders and a cut flower garden, a vegetable plot and winter garden. There's also exceptional views across the wooded valley and wider estate. I think that one definitely... Um, going to have to go and see that that really does sound quite interesting and um going to have to go and see that one definitely into the central england zone and birmingham botanical gardens that's one i've been told i really must go and see uh, just a mile from birmingham city center 15 acre green oasis is home to around 7,000 plants shrubs and trees including many rarities there are four glass houses to explore mediterranean subtropical tropical and arid as well as a rose garden colorful cottage garden rook poor alpines woodland walk and the national bonsai collection and more I used to keep bonsai, so I, I'm kind of interested in that. I can't see any mention of vegetable gardens, so that perhaps is not going to be on... That, that may not be quite what I'm looking for. We'll keep rolling through. Let's say what I'm really looking for are veg gardens that really stick out and uh, make me feel like they something I really want to go and see. I don't know what it is. Sometimes they don't always mention the vegetable gardens. I think the vegetable gardens are often pushed down the far end and forgotten about. But I know there's more and more people who are really into their vegetable gardens with the rise in popularity of allotments. The Weir Garden in Swains Hill, Hereford. 
Bordered by the river way, this peaceful garden has been developed over many generations. The riverside area is a haven for wildlife and a lovely place to stroll and relax. Wall garden full of fruit, flowers and vegetables was built with only three walls to provide river views and welcome in the sun all day long. That, that actually really does sound very interesting because of how different it sounds. Northern England, and there's quite a few up there. I've heard about the Alnwick Garden. I'm told that's one I need to go and see. Uh, this is in Northumberland, near Alnwick. This exciting and innovative contemporary garden offers a lot to enjoy in every season, from a garden of poisonous plants to fragrant roses and towering delphiniums. It's a place where the imagination can run wild and the element of surprise is everything. Water is the lifeblood of gardens with pools, fountains and its centrepiece, the spectacular Grand Cascade, the largest water feature of its kind in the country. Well... No mention of vegetable gardens again, but that does sound interesting, I've got to say. Generally speaking, I, I saw there was a mention of Bolton Castle Gardens. Quite often, castle gardens will have a veg garden. Beautiful medieval-styled gardens include a walled herb garden filled with more than 50 culinary and medicinal herb varieties that were in common cultivation in the medieval period. You can also explore the vin- vineyard, maize and rose garden as well as the bowling green surrounded by flowers and shrubs grown in this country before 1600 there is also a wild ball park observatory beehive rare breed sheep and falconry displays that sounds really interesting uh so up north it's going to be hard to get some to some of these up north i've got to admit i do have the camper van which does make things a little bit easier for me helmsley walled garden North Yorkshire near Helmsley, a medley of beautiful flowers, fruit and vegetables flourish in this wool garden which dates from the 1750s. It includes a spectacular central hot border overflowing rich colour, trained fruit trees and a Victorian glass houses with vines and newly planted wildflower area. That sounds absolutely stunning I've got to say. Anyway, I think that's enough places just to give me a taste of some of the places that I want to go and see this year. If you have any gardens that near you that you highly recommend, especially if they are fruit and vegetable based, then please do let me know. Well, it is Saturday the 23rd of April 2022 today. I am on the allotment. It's my birthday We've just finished our allotment birthday party. It's been a lot of hard work, to say the least. But it's been productive. It really is productive. And I've got to say, my allotment now looks absolutely fantastic. A lot of people were here helping me just do a few things. Obviously, it's difficult when you get a lot of people here to see you and it's your birthday or because uh, you've got to supervise as well as try and be a bit social so it was a bit tricky for me but we did it we did it what we what we did was we got people to weed out the edges and my brother-in-law was busy cutting the grass and streaming the grass areas because he seems to really enjoy that particular task and it looks amazing what he has done uh, the edges they've been weeded they look a lot better the beds pretty much have been on top of the weeds anyway but they they also carried on did a bit more weeding of those a lot of tidying up and um, yeah it, it does look so much better and I'm really happy with what we've done. Something that I've been gifted is a, about 15 
concrete pipes. These are about uh, 30 centimetres tall, 30 centimetres wide, circular. So they should, I think, look quite nice with some herbs in them, which I'm not sure where they're going to go. I've, I've potted them in one place. I'm thinking of potting them at the moment, but whether they stay there or not, I don't know. But I'm going to use those as like a herb garden. I think they are going to look really, really nice and feeling rather lucky to have them. This is a great thing with allotments, isn't it? There's a lot of upcycling that we can do here and it pays off because you can look a bit rough around the edges and it seems to work in allotments, I think. Now, one thing that I am really pleased that I've got done, my stepdad came along and my stepdad used to cut glass at a previous job many, many, many years ago now. But what I wanted was for him to cut some glass for Grandad's greenhouse. As you know, I've had Grandad's greenhouse a couple of years now, inherited it off my granddad, and we've had storms and we've had vandals this year, which left a few panels broken. Now, I wanted to replace these, and I had a collection of glass to replace them, but some of the panels needed cutting. When I've tried cutting glass in the past, I've not been very successful, I'll be honest. I watched YouTube videos on how to do it, but I never really could get it right and when it when it did go I ended up breaking more panels than what it was so my stepdad came along he cut a few panels which we've put into place unfortunately the greenhouse clips that I had spare have gone missing so I'm going to have to order some of those this week and get those fitted that way that greenhouse will then just be up and running he's shown me how to do it and I've had a go at doing it and it, it, now he's shown me it's so much easier to do it it's just a having the confidence and the knowledge to do it. It really does make it a lot easier. So I guess because I've spoken about this, I should explain what he taught me. Now, I brought a glass cutter brand new last night, only a couple of quid from uh, a local um, warehouse. We had to tone it up. He did say it's not the best one, but it will do the job for the occasional use that I'm likely to need it for. We measured out the glass that we want cut in and then he showed me you have to start at one end, hold it upright, push it fairly down and move all the way along in one fluid motion to score the glass. And, and that's what I thought I did in the past, but what my stepdad thought is I was being a bit too lacking confidence, I think is the way he said you've got to be confident with it. Anyway, with a glass scored, what my stepdad then did was just gently tap underneath with a piece of metal, a piece of solid metal, only a gentle tap. And I could actually, as he was doing it, I could see the score just start to get a little bit bigger. And with that, we then just gently pushed down on one side and it came away nice and clean. Really was quite interesting to see how it's done. And I, I feel so much more confident as I said, I've watched YouTube channels on how to do it, and I thought it was easy, but um, what I've learned now <laughs> makes it so much easier to do. So yes, I'm very happy with that. We'll get the greenhouse up and running this week, because I've got this week off as well. All the panels will be replaced once these clips turn up, and that should make a complete greenhouse. Now, there's one other thing that we were planning. Uh, my stepdad's dad unfortunately passed away last year and he also has a greenhouse that my stepdad would like me to have and I think we'd get that on the allotment as well. And what I plan to do with two greenhouses is use one for cucumbers and the other 
for tomatoes because they do need slightly different conditions. And that is what I want to talk about now. I want to talk about how I go about growing cucumbers. For me, homegrown cucumbers are so much better than anything we can buy from a supermarket. I think that's the same said for many of our homegrown vegetables though. But cucumbers, what I find they're so much crisper, there's so much better flavour that they're gonna be worth growing. They can be a little tricky and people often do have trouble growing cucumbers, but I think that's often because they try and treat them in the same way as tomatoes. They need slightly different situation to tomatoes. We like to grow cucumbers and gherkins, which basically are smaller cucumbers. And we pick all the gherkins so that we can keep the flavour going on throughout the winter. Really tasty in beef burgers or on sandwiches to have these pickles. They are absolutely fantastic. Anyway, I'm getting well ahead of myself here. The first stage is to, of course, sow this seed. What I like to do, I take our seeds, I fill a seed tray up with seed sowing compost, take the seed and I just push it sideways into the compost. And then I place that into a propagator and wait for the seeds to germinate. Generally, germination can take about a week to two weeks, not very long, and they grow pretty quick once they start. So once they hit about 10 centimetres tall, I prick them out into individual pots. Now, what I find when they are very, very young, it's very easy for the stem to rot if water lands on the stem. So I try and water from the bottom, i.e. I'll put all the plants in a tray and I will pour water into that tray so that the compost wicks the water up and the cucumber plant gets the roots from wicking up through the compost. Stem rot is often seen as the base of the stem just starting to sort of pinch in at the bottom and that's a sign that you've got stem rot. It happens on many of the squash plants as well so it's good practice to try and water from the bottom anyway. Now we can sow seeds from mid-February right up till June but personally I just try and get mine done around the end of April to beginning of May. That's I find is a good way to make sure we get cucumbers if i do them too early when they get too big too quick and the sun isn't quite there if i do them too late they don't get time to develop so round about now is the right time to sow cucumbers now as the plants grow we pot them on and once i see the roots start to show in the bottom of a pot and get them into bigger and bigger pots and I will be looking to plant my cucumbers into the greenhouse when they're about 30 centimetres tall. Now, when it comes to planting in the greenhouse, obviously, it's very easy for me to sit here and say they need different conditions to tomatoes, which is very true. They do. But not everybody has more than one greenhouse. Most people only have the one greenhouse. That doesn't mean you can't do it, it just means you've got to think about it. But cucumbers can also be planted outside once the risk of frost has passed. For me, that's about the middle of, of May and they will start to go outside as well as in the greenhouse. Now, when we are growing in a greenhouse, we've got to make sure firstly that the plants don't get chilled. They've got to stay above 12 to 15 degrees C, which is fairly easy to achieve in a greenhouse. I get them right into the ground 
Now I've set up my drip feeder on my greenhouse at home to water every three hours, watering little and often. And cucumbers, that's quite good because it stops the compost from drying out. It keeps it completely moist and it doesn't lead to any drying of the compost or put the plant under stress. But it also raises the humidity in hot weather. And this is where cucumbers differ from tomatoes. They need a higher humidity in order to set fruit. So what some people will do is throw down a lot of water onto the greenhouse floor, just like a bucket of water onto the greenhouse floor every morning, just to increase that humidity and as it evaporates throughout the day. When you're growing outside, it's the same sort of thing. Plant them outside. You cannot control the humidity so well. But once they are outside, give them a good stake for them to grow up and they will grow up quite nice and big. They won't do as well as a greenhouse, it's got to be said. But some varieties can do very well outside, I've discovered. Now, when it comes to growing in a greenhouse or outside, I like to feed every two weeks with a tomato feed, a high potash feed, if you like. That does very well with them. Now, another thing to look at with cucumbers, if you've got the wrong variety, you may have to remove the male flowers. Now, the male flowers are easily told because you get a small cucumber behind the flower. So if you do have a variety that isn't either female wire only or isn't engineered that you don't need to remove the male flowers they normally tell you on a seed packet so don't panic but otherwise you get some bitter tasting fruits which isn't good i generally find it's not a problem with the modern varieties though it's got to be said we've come a long way since that being a problem and most varieties sold now are female only so you won't have too many problems now, depending on the variety, depends on the size that you harvest them. For me, the, the gherkins, the ones that I'm growing this year, we probably harvest them when they're only about three centimetres long. So we'll be picking and harvesting a lot of those and they will be going straight into some vinegar. But the bigger, more standard cucumbers, what I find is the best time to harvest those is when the fruit turns completely green and also, the spikes on the fruit rub off very easily. They grow these spikes to protect them. They tend to rub off very easily. There are some spikeless varieties, again, just to keep out an eye out for that. But basically, when your fruit is completely green, that's generally time that they are ready. Now, in terms of problems, whitefly can be a problem if you've got a greenhouse. Not much you can do about that. Sticky traps are a good one. Mosaic virus, which leaves a stunted or deformed leaves. Yellow mosaic patterning on the, the leaves. That can also be a problem. Um, again, not much you can do. Just try and reduce the amount of aphids. Try and encourage the ladybirds to attack the aphids is probably the best thing to do it. Powdery mildew as well. That can be a problem. That's just when the soil is drying out. So grow in a cooler location if you do get a problem with powdery mildew. Well, it's as easy as that to grow cucumbers. They can be tricky and it's a lot to go through, I know. But I think I can summarise it by get the right varieties, keep them moist. That's, that's all you've got to remember. Right, let's get back to the gardening. Well, it's Sunday the 24th of April 2022 today, back in the home plot. And I have had another really good day. It's been nice sunshine all weekend. It's been lovely. Hopefully, this is going to stay on all week. I'm actually going away for a couple of days, but uh, never mind that. Now, today, 
I have been sowing a few of the seeds that are destined for the patio, the balcony and even the windowsill garden. So I've sown some dwarf French beans. Now these will hopefully grow fairly compact. I usually don't like dwarf beans or dwarf plants as a general rule because I feel they take up the same sort of ground space they just grow taller and if you're struggling for space growing tall may not necessarily be a problem but all the advice is to grow these dwarf plants in these patio or these balcony gardens so we're going to try it and we've also sown some mini bell tomato plants and I mentioned these a while back these are going to grow on the kitchen windowsill and also in the patio and the balcony garden in pots and these are meant to be quite small tomato plants don't know how they're going to turn out I believe I've tried these before but uh, this is going to be another attempt we'll see how they get on now some of these I've actually sown outside in pots but I've placed them in cloches just to act as a bit like a greenhouse. It is a little bit too cold still to sow outside. I know I am lucky where I am on the south coast that we probably could get away with it, but I just don't like to take the chance. So we've put them under cloches on the various areas. We will see how they get on. Now I've also been potting up some gooseberry plants that I had. Now these gooseberry plants I took cuttings from from my gooseberry plants on the allotment and I've potted them up and been growing them on. Now I've potted them up into some 60 centimetre pots, quite large, and they have gone out to the front garden. And what I like about gooseberries, they've obviously produced those beautiful gooseberry fruits, which are absolutely delicious, but they also have this thorniness to the plants, which I feel acts a bit of a security measure. So I feel in a front garden or as a boundary plant, gooseberries are certainly something to look at growing. If you've ever touched a gooseberry plant, you will know just how sharp those thorns can be and they can be very, very painful. Now in just a moment, I'm going to be watering my entire garden because it is very, very dry. I've been trying to keep on top of the watering. What I tend to do is fill my watering cans up at night and then water in the morning before I go to work. And that's what I have been doing throughout the week, but it is looking a little bit dry still. So I'm going to give it an extra watering today just to help it along and hopefully that will get it on to a good start. The reason I'm doing this a bit later on is it should be cooler, so therefore the water isn't going to evaporate as fast. So yeah, that should help make sure that everything gets a really good drink. Well, that is it for this week's podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Please do let me know what you've been up to in your own allotments and your own gardens, as well as let me know on any of the subjects that have been discussed. You can contact me by email, richard at the uk, or you can visit the website at the uk and leave a voicemail that I can play in on the next podcast. Now, if you have enjoyed this podcast, then please do leave me a review on your podcast app. That really goes a long way to helping myself get discovered and boost the audience. And if you have really enjoyed it and it's been of some use to you, then perhaps you would consider becoming a member of my supporters club. My supporters club, I charge just £5 a month. For that, you get extra behind-the-scenes podcasts as well as a collection of seeds sent to your door every month that can be sown that very month. It's quite a good collection and I really like how this club is going. Finally, if you want to find me on social media, please just search for the Veg Grow Podcast. I'm pretty much on every social media platform out there. And again, that helps me 
boost the audience and get found a lot better. So please do like, subscribe and everything else that goes with that. Right, well, thank you so much again for joining me. We will be back again next time. So until then, please take care.